For those of you who are relatively new to St. John's, you may have figured out over the last couple months or maybe even the last year that when it comes to choosing the readings, we always do the long version here at St. John the Baptist. And the reason why is because, well, it's the Word of God, and nothing can be better than that. Don't short-side God, right? He doesn't deserve it. Of course, we had two long readings today. We had that reading from the letter of Hebrew speaking of, of the faith, the faith of, of Abraham, and that faith in building up, hopefully, uh, that, that treasure, we could even say that treasure in heaven. And of course, we heard about this today in our gospel as well, our gospel from, from, from Luke. Where there's many different parts of it. But the main point behind it, we're going to go a deep dive into Luke. But once again, the main part behind Luke's message today is that there is heaven. And that God wants us to be there with him. We heard about that in Hebrews but also letting us know it's up to us. We get to choose. We have free will. So let's do a little deep dive into our gospel today. You know, when I was reflecting on it this week, and I looked at the readings, the first thing that struck me was right away what Jesus said. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock. Do not be afraid any longer. Why would his disciples be afraid? Well, of course, we know back then what's happening. We have the Roman Empire taking over Jerusalem, essentially. They could see it coming. We have the, the Jewish people themselves be, being persecuted and everyone seeming to be falling away from, from, from the faith. We, we have Herod, who's doing just this crazy immoral things. And so, of course, it would make sense for his disciples to be afraid. But he says, do not be afraid any longer, little flock. And even what does that mean? Those who are holding on to the faith. For your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Are we afraid today? Are we afraid as maybe we see the church getting, to be very honest about this, the universal Catholic church getting smaller? Well, it feels like more and more people are falling away from the faith. Or we see immortality even in, of course, our religious leaders sometimes. Or we see a nation which seems to be going away from God. We need to hear these words. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock. For your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. How beautiful this is. Of course, he goes on to speak about what? Something we heard about last week as well. Of where do we put our, our treasure? That we're called to do what? To provide our treasure in heaven, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. So that reminds us right away there, where is our heart? 
Is it in this world or is it in heaven? So I'm going back to last week, that inexhaustible treasure in heaven that the Lord desires to, to give to us. We continue on, of course, another beautiful line here from Luke that should maybe ring some bells in our mind when Jesus says, gird your loins and light your lamps. We should be going ding, 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 ding. Where else do we hear this? To gird your loins and to, to light your lamps. Of course, we could go back to the, the Passover. We could go back to those enslaved in, in Egypt, right? How the Lord, says, God says, gird your loins for now you're about to go on a journey. What does it mean, by the way, to, it's a weird term, I know, to, to, to gird your, your loins? Would it mean to take, you know, here we go, right? We, we can see it right here. Imagine I'm a Palestinian and the year two, you know, zero, right when Christ is there, they're wearing their robes. Well, they're also wearing something underneath. So we're going to raise this up so that when you walk and you run, you don't trip. Sometimes our servers, by the way, wear too long of albs. And then we have an issue. They're good to go today. Good job girding your loins, we could say, in a, in, a, in, a certain, in a certain way, right? But if you're going on a journey, you don't want to, uh, to trip. And so this is what Jesus is saying here. For us, not necessarily this, this physical journey, but our spiritual journey. Remember, we're not meant to be only living for this world. We are a pilgrim people, a pilgrim people journeying, hopefully from this world, to God with heaven. Now we know as well that, that Jesus can come anytime. We do not know the hour, we do not know the place. It's the same way even in our life. We don't know when the Lord can call us home. We don't know when we're going to die. And so what are we called to do? Always be ready, to, to, to be alert, to be awake, so that when he does call us home, or when he comes again, we're not caught off guard. This beautiful analogy, right? If we knew when the thief was coming in the night, we'd be there. We'd be like, all right, I can, I can stay up tonight. Now, Jesus is not a thief, by the way. He's not, call, he's not trying to steal us or steal anything from us. But instead, what he wants to do is claim us as his own. But when he comes again or when he calls us home, will we be ready for him? Of course, here's Peter. Remember, Peter and the disciples, the apostles, have dedicated their, their whole life here. And so he's going, hey, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? It's meant for everyone. We can't just give the Lord a year or two of our life and be like, yeah, I'm good to go now. I've checked that, that box. It's meant for all of us. They were all called to be what? To be, to be ready. And then he goes and uses this other analogy, this one of, of a steward. A steward who knows his master's will. And we have four different images here. The first steward we can see sees his father, father and master. I might interchange that, by the way, because they're about the same. 
The steward sees his, his master's will. He, he, he knows it and he does it. He is going to be rewarded. We, we hear him say, right? Blessed is that servant whom his master on arrives finds doing so. Truly I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all of his property. Even that word blessed, what does blessed mean? Blessed means to be one with God. Blessed means we call the saints blessed. So one with God in heaven. And that's what God wants of us. But once again, we have this, this free will. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, means to beat the men servants and the maid servants, to eat and drink and get drunk, then that servant's master will come when? On an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely. And actually a different interpretation here would be even to, to punish this servant uh, to the point of, uh, of, of cutting him and, and separating his body, it's a little graphic here, in half. So instead of heaven then, where will this servant be? What's the opposite of heaven? Hell. And this is what Jesus is saying. If we hear the words of God, and yet we not only ignore it completely, but go against it and start doing other actions with our free will, what is waiting for us? Now we have two other servants here as well. We have another servant who who, who knows his father's will, the, the master's will, and yet he doesn't make preparations. He hasn't committed, in a certain sense, we could say in this analogy, to his faith. He is going to be what? And this is graphic. But remember, 2,000 years ago, this is how Jesus is speaking in parables. We, we hear it in farmers, we hear it in fishermen, we hear it with servants as well. He'll be beaten severely, but not cut off. And this other servant as well, who doesn't even know his master's will. We, we call this, by the way, invincible ignorance, which none of us here today can claim because we're all here at Mass and we know the message of Christ. But if one never hears the message of Christ, if one never really understands it in a certain sense, is what this means, he too will be beaten, but not as severely. So where are they going? Well, not, not to hell, praise God. Not to heaven yet. There's a little bit of a punishment there. This is purgatory. People say, where's purgatory in the Bible? Right here. In Luke. We can go back to Isaac and see even more. We can go back to other Old Testament readings as well. But even in the New Testament, we see it right here in Luke. But of course, the message for us is, well, right, we shouldn't be aiming for purgatory. We should be aiming for What? For, for, for heaven. And how do we do this? Well, we be God's servants. We, we, we stay awake. We, we trust in him. We, we hear his will, what he wants to reveal to us. And then we have that, that courage and that prudence to, to, to live it out. We put our treasure, once again, not in earthly things. We put our treasure in God, in heaven. 
And when we do this, then we can hear these words that Jesus wants to speak to us. Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom.